Hello, and welcome to the Space Solutions Podcast. I'm your host and marketing executive at Space Solutions, Sophie Scott. Whether you're trying to create a workspace that reflects your brand and better supports your staff, or if you need help in choosing a new location, our podcast will help you realize the true potential of your workspace. As more and more companies explore new ways of working, designing the right workspace has never been more important. Since the pandemic, a priority for many businesses has been planning what the return to the office looks like. But as the future looks clearer, now it's time to invest in creating a workplace that best fits the needs of your business and its people. For this episode, Phil Muir, Space's Group Director of Consultancy and Design, and Chris Carr, Associate Workplace Consultant, will be diving into co-location. Having worked together on co-location projects for over five years, this trend where several teams or companies work within the same workspace is nothing new. But we do predict it will become more popular, particularly in the public sector, where costs and sustainability are crucial. Uh, My name's Phil Muir, Group Head of Consultancy and Design at Space. And today's theme is on the subject of co-location, an idea that's not new and certainly not one that we can claim ownership to. This is an area that space have experience in, one where we think we're going to see a lot more activity in the years to come, particularly in the public sector where the dual considerations of sustainability and finances are becoming more important. I'm going to be joined by my colleague, Chris Carr, who is an Associate Workplace Consultant. Chris is someone I've worked closely with for over five years now, and I was experienced of co-location projects. So welcome to the podcast, Chris. So the obvious question is, what is co-location? Uh, as you said, this isn't a new concept, and it's definitely not one that we can take credit for. It's essentially a common sense approach to sharing space in order to achieve certain benefits. And in the private sector, co-location might be many organisations taking space in a commercial office building where they have shared access to staff amenities. There's no sense of them actively working together or needing to work together. It might be as simple as having access to shared facilities like cycle storage or a rooftop uh, terrace. This sometimes happens with public sector organisations taking space in a commercial office building. An example I can think of is Registers of Scotland at St Vincent Plaza in Glasgow. Yeah, that's a good example. But we are actually more interested in this podcast in in really sharing workspace and facilities. And often the sharing is due to there being a natural connection between the different organisations. Often it can be because we're wanting to foster new connections. But mainly the sharing is, is happening in the future because it will make commercial sense. So you mentioned natural connections between people sharing space. Can you talk about that a bit more, please? One of the most obvious examples is the blue light services sharing space. And this is an area where Ian Wardrobe at the Scottish Futures Trust sees real benefit in co-location. He wrote a piece about it in the Scotsman. I think it was back in early 2022. So I would, I would Google that and check it out. Over the years, we've also been working with those types of organisations, NHS 24 and the Scottish Ambulance Service across Scotland, 
and working in locations where they are physically in the same space, using the same facilities. Yeah, there's a real day-to-day, minute-to-minute connection between the teams in their shared spaces. Another example is that we did a lot of the front-end consultancy work for a local authority who were looking to replace their and inflexible HQ. And we were commissioned to test local public uh, and third sector market to see if there was uh, there was an appetite for taking space in this new HQ building. And a lot of the work on co-location dates back to the findings of the Christie Commission over a decade ago, which was looking into joined up public services. And back then, one of the main drivers was getting organisations to work closely together. Now that collaboration doesn't automatically necessitate being in the same physical location, the same building, co-location in the public sector is now more being driven by the desire to create a more sustainable estate. That's a very interesting point, Chris. So so now we're going to spend a few minutes talking about a specific case study that you led, Phil. We're going to anonymise the client and the project details because it's the principles uh, that are the main topic. So tell me a little bit about this project. Why do you believe it's important? And why in the first instance did the two organisations feel that co-location was the right solution? Yeah, so so our client was moving from a a long-established city centre HQ building to a more distributed model. 700 staff that were based in a single location for as long as any of them could remember were now faced with moving home. An initial workplace strategy type consultation was carried out to understand the demand for space, the best geographical location for all the departments, and that was followed by a number of concept design type exercises to test various buildings and how well they could support the requirements of these teams. So of the various buildings chosen, two involved co-location with a long-established tenant. In the main, this was a service delivery-led decision, as well as the need to maintain a city centre presence. This, of course, is aligned with the Scottish Futures Trust agenda, and in many ways, certainly from a location and spatial viewpoint, the decision was a no-brainer. We've got a willing city centre landlord with space to spare on one side, and an existing public-facing facility, as and on the other side, a soon-to-be homeless tenant with a need for office space in the city centre and a public-facing requirement. There are also operational overlaps between the two organisations. One would often refer individuals to the other, and it was anticipated that being in the same building could help to join this up and streamline the process. So Phil, what were the main challenges you had to overcome during the project? What were the main issues when co-locating these two organisations? And did both organisations have the same challenges during the project? Well, let's start with what was relatively simple. The, the building naturally provided a number of office suites, which allowed us to integrate our clients' workspace requirements into the existing space. The utopia would be different organisations happily coexisting in the same space and sharing facilities. But in reality, there were a number of security concerns that had to be addressed, providing physical secure lines, independent IT services, and 24-hour access and egress. So these issues, these were addressed within the initial design concept exercise. We knew the building supported these needs well. From a design perspective, honestly, solving these issues wasn't a great stretch. The the difficulties arose when incorporating the public-facing requirements of both of the organisations. So with there being no easy solution to keep these facilities 
facilities entirely apart. They had to be integrated into a single large established facility, which went from being a controlled 9 to 5 p.m. appointment-based facility to also having to incorporate a requirement for 24-hour drop-in service. So the requirements of the incoming tenant were relatively simple, but the landlord, whilst keen for things to work, was concerned about public perception and operational security. So the solution was to create an implied separation of the facilities and adopt new protocols to put a level of control in place around the more ad hoc out-of-hours requirements. As we've stated, co-location is not new. It's also not the type of project we do every month. How did space support these organisations? Is there anything you would have done differently? So communication was key. Uh, You know, we formed dedicated groups on both sides to deal with the operational concerns. These groups came together to review the design options for the public facility. These were assessed from a spatial and a kind of graphical perception viewpoint and, and also from an operational perspective. With these groups, we walked through the various different customer experiences with the public visiting for a variety of different reasons and at different times of the day and night. Having the groups from both stakeholders involved in the process allowed us to meaningfully address the needs of the customers and and as well as the organisations, making the necessary compromises to allow two willing parties to coexist within the same space. Did you say that's really interesting? We've mentioned that sustainability is often a key driver for co-location. With that in mind, do you have any grasp of what the the sustainability benefits uh, have been as a result of this project? So this example, it's at the simpler end of co-location, but in many ways it's very encouraging as to what can be achieved with two willing parties, existing space and a minimal construction budget. There isn't the overt sustainability story of a state-of-the-art low-carbon building. However, with the statistic that 80% of the commercial buildings that we will occupy in 2050 already being in existence, the reuse of existing buildings is going to play a huge part if we're going to achieve the UK government net zero targets by 2030 and 2045. That statistic has huge implications for our industry and you know the architectural industry. Uh, you know, most of our most of the targets are going to be achieved through sustainable refurbishment of existing building stock. And we know that those targets are very, very ambitious. It's really the key agenda item in every project that we are dealing with at the moment and in the foreseeable future. Sustainability is the number one topic. The targets are really ambitious and, you know, should be encouraging innovation in how we're able to achieve them, particularly within the reuse of existing buildings. So as we stated, co-location is not a new concept. It's also not the type of project that we do every month at Space. How did we support the two organisations that co-located? So this project allowed an old, inefficient, badly maintained building to be decommissioned and the burden of that building dropped and for an existing building to be better utilised. Of course, there are problems to overcome, like in any organisational change project. You know, if we started by looking at the detail of the problems, then it's difficult to get anywhere. If we start by agreeing that a co-location strategy is a significant part of a sustainable future, then through consultation, communication and some clever design, great things can be achieved. And they found that by occupying the same public-facing space, this has allowed situations to to be dealt with more effectively. The processes have become more efficient. That makes for a more pleasant joined-up experience for the customer. 
as we know, collaboration doesn't always require physical adjacency. But a co-location project we delivered well before lockdown was actually based on people from many different organisations having desks inside a shared facility. The original acronym uh, for the project was MATAC, M-A-T-A-C, and it stands for Multi-Agency Tasking and Coordination. And this project was related to a joint safeguarding initiative involving, amongst others, the police and uh, local authority. And according to Audit Scotland's report on on the council uh, published a couple of years ago, uh, and here's a quote from the report, co-location leads to benefits in terms of asset utilisation, clearer community engagement routes and closer working relationships. With regard to the case studies we touched upon, some of the challenges we encountered were no different to what you might encounter within any large organisation. There are always issues over confidentiality, often the need for focus space is confused with the need for confidential space. Identifying situations where confidentiality is truly required as a factor in most projects. Profiling staff, working through staff and customer experiences allows you to identify issues and resolve them. Because of the nature of the organisations involved in the co-location project, one of the biggest issues was governance and information sharing. The physical aspect of the co-location can always be solved with rooms and partitions, glazing manifestations and access control on doors. So Phil, what's the what's the future for co-location? It's all about having the right amount of space. And if we're looking at the public sector, the state... It's oversized, poorly utilised, and in the midst of a shake-up. It's a bit like a multi-dimensional game of Tetris without the annoying theme tune. A um, game I have never played. Really? Well, we'll need to we'll need we'll need to sort that. But yeah, you know, matching people with blocks of space, fitting blocks of space together, and most organisations anticipate having less space moving forward. When do they need it? And are there good matches between organisations? services and spaces that will create a more sustainable estate with the added benefit of closer working relationships. The spatial part of the process is relatively easy when you know how. However, opportunities to implement these initiatives are constrained by budgets, building ownership and lease events. A long-term asset management view is needed to understand the what, when and how of all these opportunities, including an understanding of the commercial potential of the estate and how this can be realised and used to achieve betterment elsewhere. And it's not our job to decide on on what those best matches might be. Our job is really to help organisations determine how much space they need as the asset strategy managers and people like that. They are the ones who have the difficult task of joining all these different shapes together at the right time. Previously, co-location was a nice to have. Now the bottom line is the bottom line. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you found the discussion interesting. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we've discussed in this episode or find out more about the services we offer, you can get in touch with inquiries at spacesolutions.co.uk. You can also find more of our live case studies on our YouTube channel at Create Great Space or check out what we're up to via our LinkedIn page, Space. Or lastly, our Instagram page, which is again at Create Great Space.